radio program and we are live in jacksonville florida appreciate you listening to us as uh, always we uh, maybe don't say that enough but uh very appreciative of our of our listeners and our sponsors uh whether you're listening in meridian mississippi on wmox or wmer uh, wpmh in chesapeake virginia covering uh, that area plus coastal carolina uh, wtrj here locally in jacksonville the truth uh, in Jacksonville, St. Augustine, and in Folkestone, Georgia. You can listen to us on uh, SWATradio.com as well, as well as bring up past programs uh, and get information about the weekly SWAT Bible studies. Uh, if you haven't listened for a while or you're new to the program, uh, SWAT Radio is an outgrowth of the weekly SWAT Bible studies that Doug McCary of His Light Ministries has led in the Jacksonville area here for the better part of 10 years and, and um the site gives information on where those weekly Bible studies are. So anyway, Craig, good to see you. Hey, great to be here, Dave. Yeah, been a fast week and uh, glad it's Friday and uh, glad that uh, we've been able to get through this passage here in Acts 21, which we'll look at a little bit more and wrap it up here as we wrap up the week on SWAT Radio. Um, Want to let our listeners know we've been talking about the fact that Doug has been out this week um, with his family, his mom and dad and his brother, and I think he's got members of his immediate family with him as well, um, ministering to his mother and father, and uh, his mom's been real sick, and she did go to be with Jesus yesterday. So we are we are thankful for his mom and, 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 and praise God that she is she's run the race, as we've been talking about here with Paul, and finished, finished the course and completed the purpose that God had for her and she is in the company of Jesus and and she is more than fine but uh we know it's and we know that Doug and his dad and his family know that but it's still a difficult time uh when you're dealing with the loss of a of a mother and a wife. Yeah, bless Doug for being able to be there and um and what a legacy she has left in uh, in Doug and and his brother probably. Yeah. So, yeah. And we, I think we mentioned on the air, and some of you folks listening in Meridian probably know uh, the McCary family and uh, and and know the folks and know Doug's mom and dad. But they've been married for twenty uh, twenty seven. Listen to me, twenty seven times three, almost uh, sixty seven years. And as Doug said, they really haven't been apart even for a day in the last thirty years or so. And um, you know, Doug was talking about the fact that uh, when his mom was in in the hospital and it, or in hospice uh, every day when she was still uh, responsive and, and cognizant of things, she was talking to people about Jesus and telling mm-hmm. people about how much she loves Jesus and telling people about her son, Doug, who's been all over the world uh, telling people about Jesus. And, um, and, you know, that's just a, a great encouragement. Um, you know, I, I dealt with something similar with my mom. She was, I was with her the last week of her life and she was in kind of a rehab hospice care type place. And she was, she was ministering and talking about Jesus to the staff there, uh, right up until 
the end. And, um, you know, I hope I, I pray that God will give me the strength and the faith to, to do the same thing. I'm, I'm sure you feel the same way. Well, it's, it's just it's a testimony to what we've been talking about this week about being fully surrendered mm. and the supremacy of of God's plan in her life. Yeah. And all, all the way to the end. I yeah. mean, she was sharing right. Jesus. That's people, right. Which That's is right. Uh, Reminds me, I, again, I, I don't have the chapter and verse off the top of my head, but it just came to my mind. There's a there's a passage in Scripture, right, when when Jacob, who is renamed Israel, right, is old, and, and he's got the, the 12 sons. And I, I forget exactly what the scene is, but it's he's very old, but it says, and, and he worshiped. He fell to his knees, and he, mm-hmm. or he leaned on his staff, and he worshiped God. And, and that idea that we just... As long as God has us here, right? Doug's talked about this a lot before as well. As long as we are still here, he's got a purpose for us, right? To 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 get back to our theme of God's purpose for our lives for this week. As long as we're still here. And sometimes, you know, when we see aging parents or aging friends in in rough shape and we wonder, why doesn't God just take them? Why are they still here? Well, God's got, got reasons for that. I don't want to get off on too much of a tangent, but my grandmother, who was a devout believer, had Alzheimer's for the last seven or eight years of her life, and really in the last couple of years of her life couldn't even speak. Um, and my mother was kept wondering why, and she's in an Alzheimer's ward of a nursing home and wondering why is she still here. Right. And my mother right. walked in one day, and there was another patient, as often happened in that kind of a place, who was really upset and crying. And there was my grandmother with her arm around her, consoling her and, and hugging her. And even though she was completely gone from her normal Cognitive, self, yeah, 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 she still had, God still had it in her to comfort and give, uh, give um, grace to this, to this other person. So we just don't know. Um, but as long as God has a, has a purpose for us here on the earth, we will be here. That's right. It's part of being fully surrendered that you give give in to whatever God's going to have in your life yep. and, uh, and focus on that and, and share that story and testimony. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, Doug, if you're listening, we're thinking of you, we're praying for you and, uh, certainly lift up Doug, uh, to the listeners. If you would, um, please pray for Doug and his family and Doug, as far as we know, will be officiating at his mom's service and that's going to be a difficult thing to do. So I pray that you'd give him the strength father to get through that and and give him the right words to say that will glorify you and that will benefit those that are there and and that are listening both believers and especially unbelievers who will hear the gospel you think they'll hear the gospel when doug officiates that (laughs) (laughs) i think they will yeah so on another note craig i know before we came on the air we wanted to give a plug for the upcoming iron sharpens iron conference uh coming a week from tomorrow here to jackson oh yeah gosh that's one of the best one days i spend each year it's a iron sharpens iron event it's uh, actually next saturday um and if you're interested you can go to um iron sharpens iron.net and uh that's where you can register for the event uh the the uh, they're they're Keynote speakers that are flown in from around the country. There's eight or nine breakout sessions um, on everything ranging from becoming a godly man, band of brothers, discipling men to disciple others, just great subjects like Mm. that. Um, Men who pray, care, and share. Um, Well, I wanted to mention that SWAT Radio's own Brad Sykes will be doing a breakout group um, 
one and, of the breakout groups that you're mentioning. I think his is uh, becoming a man of the word. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, we know Brad's love for teaching the word and discipling others, so I'm sure his breakout session will be terrific. Yeah, and they're subjects for all men, and it runs from ages 13 and up. And so if you've got any interest, I think the uh, the discount ends today. So go to the website, net, and you can find out all the information about the Jacksonville Conference. I think this is like the seventh year. Yeah, and, it's, it's um, been on several of them. Yep. And it's it's become quite an event. Uh, yep. Lunch is included in the cost, and so come fellowship, bring some friends. It's a really great day to be to be together. And a lot of SWAT guys go together oh, and, and tend to wear their SWAT T-shirts and yeah. sit together and um, it's at Mandarin Presbyterian Church, which in, will be in the information that you, yeah, on the site right. that you Down mentioned. Down off but, of uh, Loretto Road there, yep. off of San Jose, south of 295. Yep. Great. Thanks for uh, going through that, and hopefully uh, some of you listening can can attend. Yeah, take you the know, opportunity to go. Brad and I joke that uh, sometimes, especially on Fridays, we uh, we become uh, you know 91.7 sports radio. You know, we're 91.7 <laughs> the fan, uh, and I... I you and I were again talking before the break. We're both golfers. We've played together before, and uh, just uh, watching Tiger Woods yesterday uh, come back after not having played for so long and uh, play pretty well and make three three consecutive birdies coming in. That was a, that was a lot of fun. So right. thinking for thinking sometimes on Fridays we try to get into a couple of more lighthearted or, or good news type stories and. Uh, it was sure fun watching Tiger yesterday. It is nice to see somebody that can uh, come back a little bit and uh, kind of reclaim some of that those past skills and yeah. uh, get builds excitement when yeah. you want to watch the golf. That's yep. for sure. Yep. Well, I think that uh, you know I get um, whether it's movies or books or whatever it is. There's something about um, stories of redemption I, that are I think God builds those into us, and yeah. uh, you know I, I'm not saying that. Uh, uh, Tiger Woods, you know, is is a is a critical story of redemption. But there's a story there where he's obviously uh, had a lot of issues in his life, many self inflicted, like all of us, right? Like That's me right. for sure. Yeah. Um, my my buddy and I used to say the only reason we didn't get in more trouble when we were younger is that we were underfunded. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but Tiger, I think has uh, has really persevered, you know, in his life and in his and certainly in his golf, and it's just I like seeing great players, great athletes do great things, and it's been fun to watch him come back a little bit. So. Yeah, so often you only see the the facade or the, what's on what's on the the big news or broadcast and stuff, and yet you know somebody like that has to work really hard. It takes a lot of personal dedication yeah. to be able to recover from the injuries and yeah. bring himself back to point at a competitive level with the, the people that he plays against. And they use the phrase, they like to use the phrase on Golf Channel and in other places, he moves the needle, and uh, meaning the ratings and the and the attendance at various uh, PGA Tour tournaments really go up. The interest really goes up when he plays. Yeah. And so uh, that's a, it's certainly true. I know I tend to be a little more excited and a little more interested uh, when I'm watching him, a tournament that he's playing in. So. Anyway, we'll see what happens with all that. We're going to come back after our first break. We're glad you're with us on SWAT Radio. David Gray and Craig Henderson, and we will be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. 
You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Craig Henderson, happy to be with you. And uh, if you want to give us a call at any point during the program, if you have a comment or a question on anything that we've uh, discussed this week or today, uh, you can call us at 844-777-7928. That's 844-777-SWAT. And Craig, just to put a uh, capper on, you know, we, we at one point Brad was intentionally bringing in good news or funny stories for, for Fridays. Cause sometimes we tend to get into some things in, that are going on in the culture and in the world that are clearly more serious. But, uh, you know, we had the story we've had all of a sudden, you know, n- never in my lifetime do I remember, and I'm sure you can say the same thing, stories about spy balloons yeah, crossing yeah. the country or being <laughs> shot down or whatever it is. And so we had the, we had the alleged Chinese spy balloon a couple of weeks ago that was, basically drifted the whole way across the country and I guess was finally shot down off the South Carolina coast. And I guess they're still looking at that. But uh, I saw a story. The headline was a $200 million fighter jet used to shoot down $12 science experiment. (laughs) So, so shortly after, I guess, you know, there's been a couple of more balloon sightings. I guess it's kind of like UFOs, right? There's a report of one and all of a sudden there's a report. Everybody sees them now, right? Yeah. But, uh, supposedly there was another uh, balloon shot down off the coast of Alaska and um, they're now reporting. And I don't know that this is definite, but I saw a story that it's very possible that it could have been a, an experimental balloon, like a weather balloon put up by some U S I forget the name of the club, but it's a science club, essentially like a high school science club or something like that. Exactly. And they uh, talked about that. Those they're called Pico balloons, P I C O. I don't know exactly what that means, but they're typical balloons that you can buy from anywhere from $12 to $200, (laughs) I guess. And uh, yeah, so the story was about a $200 million fighter jet firing a $400,000 missile at a $12 balloon. So can't make this stuff up, right? Yeah, that's right. Anyway, well, hopefully that's all it was. And uh, I know that they're trying to uh, err on the side of caution, but that's kind of a funny story. I think they use the term an abundance of caution. Yes, yes. 
You sound like you could be you could be the press secretary. <laughs> An abundance of caution. So anyway, um wanted to kind of remind our listeners, especially if you if you haven't listened before or it's been a while, that on Fridays, and this is uh something Brad uh Sykes introduced a while back, but on Fridays for the last several months we've been uh trying to use a little bit different format uh on the program to review the text that we've been in. So uh, just uh, again, by way of review, what happens is Doug uh, will do the SWAT Bible studies in person uh, during the week, and usually on the radio, uh, we're going through the text that he taught on the previous week in the SWAT Bible studies, and we take you know the the four days during the week to go through that text, and usually Doug has a guest on Thursday, um, but on Fridays, rather than go through the this this kind of the standard expository type uh, method that Doug uses to go through the scriptures and, and go through his teaching Uh, on Fridays, we go through the same text, but we approach it um, using the structure of four, four basic questions. And, and Brad's thought on this originally, and I agree with him was to kind of model, you know, if we are studying on our own or, or even if we're, if we're discipling someone else, um, if, if two, two brothers are together and they're, and one's discipling the other, or they're discipling each other, which is often the case, um, these questions can be a good outline um, to prepare beforehand, kind of have that accountability for a, a discipleship-type meeting, and then get together and talk about, okay, well, how did you answer these questions? And those questions are, you know, what jumps out or really stands out from the text, the passage of Scripture that we're on? Uh, with whom do you identify most and why in the text? Uh, number three, what does the text teach us about God and, and what does it teach us about people? And then finally, and probably the most important question, uh, so what, to put it that way? How can we live differently or how are we changed or how is our how, are our, how will our actions be different as a result of um, being uh, in God's word and, and, and obeying it? Um, and so... We've been looking at Acts chapter 21, verses 1 to 16, which is, we're going to read it again here, but is uh, is really, if we could summarize it just in a couple sentences, about it's Paul continuing on, leaving Ephesus and leaving Asia and coming back toward um, Israel and coming back toward Jerusalem, trying to make it there for Pentecost uh, because he couldn't make it there for Passover, um, and trying to make it to Jerusalem despite and we're going to see this, and we've seen this this week, despite several warnings that he received directly from the Spirit and then warnings that he received from other people, uh, the Spirit through other people about the suffering that he was going to uh, encounter going back to Jerusalem. But his perseverance, his total surrender to God's plan, and his willingness to live according to God's purpose despite uh, what he knew was coming in terms of suffering and and imprisonment and ultimately uh, even death. So we're going to read the passage again this morning, Craig, if you wouldn't mind reading it for us, and then uh, we will kind of tackle it today uh, looking at those four questions that I just talked about. So, Yes, so we're going to start to Acts 21, starting with verse 1. And when we parted from them and set sail, we came by a straight course to Kos, and the next day to Rhodes, and from there to Patera. And having found a ship crossing to Phoenicia, we went aboard and set sail. 
When we had come in sight of Cyprus, leaving it on the left side, we sailed to Syria and landed at Tyre, for there the ship was to unload its cargo. And having sought out the disciples, we stayed there for seven days. And through the Spirit, they they were telling Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. When our days there were, were ended, we departed and went on our journey. And they all, with wives and children, accompanied us until we were outside the city. And kneeling down on the beach, we prayed and said farewell to one another, and then went on board the ship, and they returned home. When we had finished the voyage from Tyre, we arrived at uh, uh, Talama, and greeted the brothers and stayed with them for one day. The next day we departed and came to Caesarea, and we entered the house of Philip the Evangelist, who was one of the seven, and stayed with him. He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied, and while we were staying for many days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea, and coming to us, he took Paul's belt and bound his feet and hands and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, This is how the Jews at Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. When we heard this, and we urged the people, and excuse me, and the people urged him not to go on to Jerusalem, then Paul answered, What are you doing, weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be imprisoned, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And since he would not be persuaded, we ceased and said, Let the will of the Lord be done. After these days, we got ready and went up to Jerusalem. And some of the disciples from Caesarea went with us, bringing us to the house of Manasseh, son of of Cyprus, an an early disciple with whom we lodged. Thanks, Craig, and may God bless the the reading of His Word. And sorry, I stuck you with a lot of those tough names uh, that's okay. again. Those <laughs> sorry. Are, well, at least I gave you time to read it. The other day, if you were listening, <laughs> you, you you might remember I put Craig up against the shot clock, and uh, we just got it in before the break. So glad we <laughs> didn't do that to you today. Yeah. So, boy, this is a as we've talked about all week, a powerful text. And um, I, I guess I'll start, but the, you know, one of the things that really jumps out at me. From the text, uh, looking at our first question, uh, is that is that first of all, Paul, it says when he gets to Tyre, now he's on a journey and he's just stopping places. He's not necessarily planning to be there for a long time. He's trying to get back to Jerusalem. But it says he stops at Tyre, and what does he do? He seeks, out, seeks the disciples, out disciples. Right. So yeah. everywhere he went, he not only sought out people to make, where he could make disciples, but he sought out disciples that had already he had already been a part of their lives, and he sought to build into them. And I just think that um, well, I'll, we'll save that for the so what portion. But there's a lesson <laughs> in that in that for us, right? But that's that's mentioned several times in this story of Paul's journey in Acts that he uh, wherever he is, he's seeking out believers, and and we know just like he would always first go to the synagogues, at least for a time, because that's where the Jews were, of course. They had the history of what he was 
talking about or might have a better idea of what he was talking about. And also, that's where he was most likely to find someone that would really be a believer, a yeah, true believer. Yeah. So. yeah. So I think for me what, what stuck out is there in verse 13 when Paul answered, what are you doing, <laughs> weeping and breaking my heart? Mm. You know, and um, and then he says, for I am ready not only to be imprisoned, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And I think about that, that just strikes me because, I mean, he's one, he's empathetic of what the people are asking him, right? And and not, not necessarily saying to them, you fools, right. you know, why are you, you know, why are you doing this? This will never happen to me. Right. He realizes that in our lives, you know, especially when we're dedicated and, and go back to the fully surrendered concept, you know, that we're going to follow what God's doing us and doing through us and not necessarily worried about the circumstances. And, but Paul acknowledges them and their concerns for him because frankly, what they were saying turns out to be pretty valid. Yeah. And, um, but he was empathetic to them, but maintained yeah. the the purpose that he felt God's calling him to do or yeah. God was calling him. And yeah. so I, I appreciate that because a lot of times if I'm, if I'm in a certain direction and somebody talks to me about make, maybe changing what I'm thinking God's calling me to do, I get a little like, Oh yeah, I get sort of get away from me, Satan almost kind of thing. And I, and I appreciate that he was, he didn't, he didn't just blow them off, mm-hmm. but he explained that he was, you know, you're breaking my heart here. But I am willing right. to step into whatever that God's going to do here. Yeah, well um, said. It's really well said, and we'll pick up on that when we get back. But uh, right, and it happens at Tyre and at Caesarea. Right. And I was interested in where it says at Tyre, the, the disciples there were, were warning him like that or talking to him like that in the spirit. So I want to explore that a little bit when we yeah. get back and maybe what that means. We, uh, you are listening to SWAT Radio here on 91.7 The Truth in Jacksonville and on many other outlets are locally and in Meridian, Mississippi and in Chesapeake, Virginia. We're glad you're with us. David Gray and Craig Henderson in this week for Doug McCary and Brad Sykes. And we will be right back after the news at the bottom of the hour. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Craig Henderson, happy to be with you for our last couple segments of the week here on on SWAT Radio. And uh, as we always remind you, give us a call at 844-777-7928 if you have a question or a comment on anything that we're uh, talking about here in Acts chapter 21. And right before the break, we started looking at uh, our our questions um, about this text. And the first one is, 
what stands out from the text. And before break, Craig was mentioning that, um, you know, that that Paul was was getting pleadings from his friends, both at Tyre and at Caesarea, because of uh, what had been revealed to them not to go to Jerusalem because of the suffering and and the uh, the danger that awaited him there. But Craig, as you so well put it, Paul was so focused on his purpose that God had given mm-hmm. him and so focused on being totally surrendered to God's will that he uh, didn't, I shouldn't say he didn't heed those warnings because like you said, he, he listened to his friends and right. he acknowledged their concern, um, but he did not let that stop him from going. And And I mentioned right before the break that there's some wording here in, cha- in verse 4 that um, I was wondering about, and, and uh, fortunately, I think we both have the, the benefit of some good commentary here in our study Bibles that might explain this or help explain it. But in verse 4, when Paul is in Tyre, and he's staying there with disciples for seven days, it says, and through the Spirit, they, meaning the disciples, were telling Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. And I saw that, and my first instinct was, well, wait a minute. If they received this message from the Holy Spirit, right. Were they wrong in telling Paul not to go on? Why didn't Paul Paul stay? Um, My commentary, it's a MacArthur study Bible, and again, the commentary is not the Scripture. Let's point that out and remind people of that. But the commentary here uh, on that phrase, telling Paul not in the Spirit, uh, and then we're telling Paul not to go on to Jerusalem, and the commentary says this was not a command from the Spirit for Paul not to go to Jerusalem, Rather, the Spirit had revealed to the believers at Tyre that Paul would suffer, would face suffering in Jerusalem. And understandably, they tried, as his friends at Caesarea would, to dissuade him from going there. So uh, I thought that was a, a, a good, I'm glad I read that, good yeah, explanation. Yeah, I think that's the case. And, and, and maybe it's happened to us or not, you know, where we see where somebody's going to be in peril or danger or discomfort. And we're like, oh, you want to avoid that. And yet that may not be what God wants. Mm. They were trying to help him avoid the yeah. danger. Yep. And Paul's like, as we, as he, as he speaks later, he's fully ready to embrace what God's going to put in front of him. Right. You know? And right. so it does for me, it's like he'd, you know, understand what you're hearing from the Holy spirit, but don't interpret that in a way that may maybe is based on your perception, not on what Paul's direction yep. from the Holy spirit is. Yep. And you alluded to this in your in your comments. It does remind me, although Paul was maybe a little more gentle and less direct, of Jesus saying to Peter, "Get behind me, Satan." When right. when Peter, when they was when Jesus was telling the disciples about what was going to happen to him, and and Peter said, "Well, then you can't go. Don't I'm not going to let right. you. Don't do it." And he said, "You know, get behind me." He had the same. You know, obviously Jesus had an even more focused mindset than Paul. Um, Jesus is probably the only one who, who would have a more. Well, it's a good mindset. reminder for all of us. Cause you know, we don't want our friends or people we value to, to put themselves in, in harm's way or risk right. or whatever. It's, you know, I mean, I think of people who have gone on mission trips into dangerous countries. I'm mm-hmm. thinking, Whoa, man, yeah. you really sure you want to do that? Yeah. Yeah. And they're right. like, ah, God, this is part of what I, this is what I think God's calling me to do. That's you know? Right. And so we're, in my case, I'm probably misinterpreting. I mean, there's risk for sure, but God uses that, you know, in That's their right. lives. That's right. That's right. And, and, and again, this is a, one of those phrases that you have to think about a little bit, but, and Doug has said this, and we were talking about this in terms of his mom and that God keeps us around on the earth long enough to complete the purpose he has for us. So in one sense, right, 
we're quote unquote immortal <laughs> until God has completed his purpose and for us and in us. Right. Right. Yeah. He's going to keep us here to complete whatever he has for us. And uh, I don't mean to get mystical there or anything like that. That's not the intent. But it's true that God has numbered our days. Jesus, it says in Revelation, holds the keys to death and Hades and that God knows the, the number of our days were written out in his book before the world began. So in that sense, he's going to have us here for those prescribed number of days. You know, people can listen to that and think, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm, you know what, what, what's going to happen here? And yet it's really, it can be comforting to know that, Correct. that what's happening in our lives is part of God's plan for us. Yep, that's right. And his plans are always for his purpose and his good, and, you know, and, and how we live out inside those plans are really how, what we do to, to bring him glory and honor. Right. And so it's, it's a bit of a comfort, like, okay, you know, if, if I leave here today from the radio program and get, and get in a car accident, you know, that's part of what God wants to do. And he's using that in the midst yeah. of um, his glory. Yeah. I, my dad has asked the question before rhetorically, but well, for discussion, once we're saved, why doesn't God just immediately bring us to heaven, right? And that kind of goes along with what we're talking about. Yeah. And I don't know all those answers, of course, but but God's plan and the way God operates is to use his children in this world to make disciples and, and, and spread the gospel and spread the good news that our God reigns. Um, and that's the way he does it. And, and not only does that bring the gospel and the good news to unbelievers and, and it creates disciples, but it obviously benefits those of us who belong to him. It's part of our sanctification. Well, and it's actually, it's part of his life, his plan for salvation for the earth, you know, is, is to use us as his ambassadors. Uh, Doug uses the term kingdom priests, Mm, you know, that that's, Nothing happens by chance, you know, the, whether it's the homeless guy in the corner that you stop and interact with or, or the person that's man in the booth in the radio station, right. you know, God uses us to be his, his ambassadors. That's right. And so back to our text and back to our question, you know, uh, Paul, Paul first gets um, pleaded with at Tyre, right? And he doesn't really respond to them. It just says, it just says that, um, or at least in Scripture, it doesn't record that. Yeah. It just says he pleaded. They pleaded with him, telling Paul not to go on to Jerusalem, and then they accompanied him out to the beach and knelt down and and prayed with him and and, and all that. And then, but then when he gets to Caesarea, now you have an even more direct warning, if you will, from Agabus, right? Who who basically prophesies? And Doug, by the way, explained that prophecy doesn't always mean the the recounting or the foretelling of future events um it can mean that but it can also just mean the proclaiming uh, of god's word well, it's not lost on me that agbus came up from judea mm. to tell this to him too yes. in other words that uh, you know it's it while while luke doesn't record this in acts that the vision it sounds like came to him when he was in judea mm. about what was going to happen yeah. and traveled to caesarea in order to be sure and share that with Paul before he headed into Jerusalem. Yeah. Um, and this is and this is my speculation, but it it must have been a to you know, we know that life God does test, right? And <laughs> and maybe this was a test of Paul's faith, but also a a picture to the others. Right. of a life totally surrendered to God that Paul was not 
even in spite of these warnings, he was not going to let that deter him from going. And so, uh, but it's here at Caesarea that Paul really yeah. responds with what you were talking about. He says, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> you're almost like you're killing me. You're here. breaking my yeah. heart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, you're like, but, but what he finishes with, which is really a testimony that, that carries forward is like, I, I am ready not only to be imprisoned, but even to die. I mean, so you, you know, everybody that's standing around there, that's part of that group is just probably thinking, wow, yeah, that's, that is a powerful statement. That's right. That's you know? right. That's right. Yep. And, uh, so he gives more and, and, and again, when it says, when Agabus says, um, uh, he will be, they will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Boy, does that sound familiar? Right, it's yeah. just same words used for Jesus. Jesus, right? The Son of Man will be delivered to, you know, into the hands of wicked men and in the hands of Gentiles, and very, very, very similar. So, um, and then finally, you know, just because we talked about this during the week when we were talking about the different types of surrender, right? It, just as a reminder, there's incomplete surrender, insincere surrender, intermittent surrender, and then and then total surrender, which is what Paul is exhibiting, but. This idea that Paul didn't, uh, in, in he didn't waffle, and in insincere surrender, we talked about somebody might say they're going to do something and then it, not do and it, not do it, right? And then there might there was a parable about this, right, that Jesus told, and then somebody else who maybe grumbles and complains and doesn't want to do it, but in the end does it, and and which person did the will of the Father? Of course, it was the one that did it, and 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 Paul does that. He goes to Jerusalem. He. Maybe he was afraid, and maybe he didn't. Part of him didn't want to go, but he went, and that's keeping God's will. Well, I'm struck by the power of Paul's statement there because in the very next verse it says that they they ceased and said, "Let the will of the Lord be done." Mm. Yeah, you know? um, they clearly saw that he wasn't understood. going to be changed. Well, they understood. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. It's, it's uh, that's what God, that's what he's called to do, and that's and it, so we can. It's we need to su- support and be be encouragers for him once he is right. that's that's where he's going right in the couple minutes that we have left in this segment uh, you know just quickly our, our second question is always with whom do you identify I, I i guess here um i would primarily identify with those telling paul you know pleading with paul don't go i understand that and it's interesting that in um in verse 14 it says we ceased and said, let the will of the Lord be done. So that means Luke's including himself in this. Right. Luke must have been one of the ones yeah, asking Paul, don't go, or telling him, don't go. He's hearing all the stories. He was with him in Tyre. He's been with him in Caesarea, and he's thinking, you know, that's right. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a very good point. So I, I get it, and I can identify that. I With that, I, I aspire to identify with Paul. I mean, that's my intent. And I want to be uh, so focused on God's purpose for my life that I would be like Paul. And I think we're all working toward that. Yeah, that's <laughs> in right. In some way. But uh, anyway, we're going to take our last break of the day here on SWAT Radio. David Gray and Craig Henderson filling in for Doug McCary and Brad Sykes. Uh, Doug may be out next week, but Brad will be back. And uh, we are glad you're with us here on SWAT Radio. Come back after the final break of the day.
This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. SWAT Radio is underwritten in part by The Guardian Group. You know Brad Sykes as the co-host of SWAT Radio. While Brad is committed to making disciples both on and off the air, his ministry extends into the marketplace as a licensed real estate agent with Keller Williams Southside. Brad and his wife Vicki are real estate agents in Northeast Florida and are the founding partners of The Guardian Group. They help people buy, sell, and invest in real estate. The Guardian Group, with offices near Butler and Southside Boulevards, 904-580-7255. And online at guardiangroupjacks.com. The Guardian Group, happy to bring you SWAT Radio on the truth. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and uh, Craig Henderson. I almost said Brad Sykes out of habit. <laughs> Craig Henderson is good enough to be with us. Uh, this I'd be week. a lot better looking if I was Brad Sykes. <laughs> you'd be. You'd have a lot less hair. Um, <laughs> I hope Brad's listening. Yeah. And he heard that. Uh, anyway, we are glad you're with us. We're at our final segment of of the week here on SWAT Radio. We've been looking at Acts chapter twenty one verses one to sixteen and kind of going through our. Friday questions of what stands out from the text, with whom do we identify, what does the text teach us about God and about people, and and, and what are we going to do with it, uh, having been in the text? How are we going to uh, act and live differently? So, so uh, Craig, we're kind of at the point with our third question, you know, what does this text teach us about God? What does it teach us about people? And I think we've probably hit on some of this, but um, it's worth, worth repeating, and uh, Certainly my first note here that I had was God expects us, it's God's plan for us to live out our purpose that he has for us um, despite suffering or despite danger, despite circumstances. Yeah, I think that's that's probably my, my takeaway about is that God has a plan for us, and it's not 
it's not going to be pain free. It's not going to be sacrifice free. And so, you know, it's, um, it's a little bit, somebody was talking about the difference between Jesus is my savior and Jesus is my Lord. You know, he's my savior is my fire insurance and he's my Lord when I give up my will. Mm. And, and I think, you know, it's, there's for us, this tells us that, that for me, at least that, that, that God has a plan for, for me, but it's not always going to be, you know, sunshine and, um, and clear days, mm. you know, yeah. but that's okay. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. If he's my Lord, yeah. that's, um, that's part of what, um, cause God will use that for his glory. Well, I'm glad you said that because that was a big theme of Doug's last week in, in the SWAT Bible studies was talking about we're surrendering to Jesus as Lord and King. And we know, I love the passage in Revelation where it says he's coming back on the white horse as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And, and, and we can bow to him now and surrender to him now and believe on him now, or we can do it then. And unfortunately then it's too late. Right. Um, and, and so, and I've been, you know, guilty in my life many times of loving the fact that Jesus is savior, but not really living under his Lordship or yielding to his Lordship. And Bonhoeffer, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the great German pastor called that cheap grace. Yeah. This idea that I can continue to hang on to these sins that I like and do these things because well, I'm forgiven and, and God, Jesus will forgive me and and not really understanding right. um, what this is all about and that, and that if I believe that he's done for me what the Bible says he's done for me, what must my response be? My response has to be a changed life, not a perfect life. I'm incapable right. of that, but a changed life and an intent to submit to his lordship and follow him and and like we've talked about that 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 following <laughs> sometimes is slow sometimes it's faster sometimes it's off the path sometimes it's stalled um but the our intention is that we're following after him and going in the same direction and uh so I'm glad you said that about and 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 why does it why is suffering involved well again there's another question that we don't know all the answers to. We do know that the day's coming where there will be no suffering, where there will be no tears. God will wipe away every tear, Revelation says, and we will be, God will restore what he intended at the beginning. That There will be no sin. There will be no death. There will be perfect dependence and reliance among God's people on the Father, and God will provide for all our needs. But in the meantime, we live in a fallen world where sin has dominated and God is in the process of changing that. Yeah. I think, in, you know, almost as I, as I look back over the, the history of the church, um, some of the people that had the greatest impact, um, and, and also some of the, are also the people who had to suffer mm. in some way or another. Right. I mean, you know, we could name obviously Jesus for sure, but every one of the disciples, you know, and then you think about Martin Luther or people like that who had an impact on um, where the the body of believers is today. Many of them suffered mm-hmm. as a as a course of making those statements and sticking with their with their beliefs in God. Right, and and 
I don't know where this quote came from. I should find it and, and make sure I give credit for it at a future date. But there's a quote from someone that talks about, yeah, basically says, and I'm paraphrasing, there's only two things that pierce the human heart, beauty and affliction. And, you know, I know in my life when things are going great, I act sometimes like I don't need God. Yeah, and, right. and And let's be clear. I don't think either one of us are suggesting for any of us that we go seek out suffering, but it's going to come. And if and, and and what we're suggesting and what the Bible is teaching is we are to be yielded to God and carry out his purpose for us and be obedient to him despite suffering and when suffering comes. Right. And the Bible is clear that if we belong to Jesus and we profess him, we will suffer in some way, whether it's and and. Again, let's talk about what that means. We might not experience physical persecution. We might, but we may not. But we might experience criticism. We might experience ridicule. And I would also submit that just the suffering in our own beings of giving up sin and giving up (laughs) the things that we want to do. When Jesus said, take up your cross daily and follow me, there's a he used the term the cross term intentionally because when we get up and yield to him daily there's an element of suffering that because our natural being wants to sin well i i mean i'm 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 so it's such a part of my personal story that you know i realized there's a point in my life where i had one foot in the boat and one foot on the dock mm. you know and i just it was my it was great you know i could i could be the nice guy on sunday mornings you know and but uh, you know the rest of my Right. That's right. Week wasn't very, wasn't very that, wasn't completely surrendered. Yeah, you know. And when that, when that happened to me, and I realized I, I'm just, it's like living as a fraud that I had to just, mm-hmm. I had to be all in. Yeah, all in. Yeah, and and let God take care of. Yep. Whatever happens next. Yep. That's um, really good. Not that I'm perfect about it at all, but um, but it certainly makes facing those difficulties. When I'm in those quiet times and think about it, a little, a lot more able to do yeah. that because I know that there's a greater purpose going on than than my desires. Yep. And 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 God uses that suffering also to just give us assurance that we belong to Him. That several of the New Testament writers talk about the privilege and the honoring the honor of sharing in the sufferings of Christ. Mm-hmm. That that part of the way we know and are assured that we belong to him is that we are willing to suffer for him because because why would we do that if we didn't belong to him right that that's a great part of the evidence of the truth of the resurrection and and of the gospel message why would all these disciples all these people be willing to die for a lie right well, i heard it's you know there's the, there's the modern analogy of being a a follower versus a fan you know a fan, somebody who's on the bandwagon when things are going good, yeah, right. And yeah. things go bad, they're like the first people to start complaining or posting or whatever. Yeah, you know, that's right. Yet a follower is somebody who's there through thick and thin. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, and Jesus calls us to be followers. Right, right. Um, so in the in the couple minutes we have left, so what in all this? How do we how do we react differently? How do we live differently as a result of having been uh, in this passage? Um, I'll let you start that if you want. Well, I think for me, it, it uh, well, a couple of things. One, it, it, there's a realization that um, God's purpose in my life is not something that everybody else is going to acknowledge and support. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, the people around Paul were like, don't go, don't go. And yet he knew that was his calling mm-hmm. and, you know, acknowledged their sincerity, but didn't let it cause him to sway from what God had called him to do. Mm. And so I think that's, you know, one of the things that I think about in, in this kind of context is um, if, if God has called me into something or to do something, I mean, I need to be all in. Mm. You know, it's not not the one foot in the dock, one foot in the boat, or people around me going, oh, you know, that's really not, that's not you or whatever. Yeah. Um, follow it through yeah. and let, let God's purpose be done. Yeah, that's great. And I like the one foot in the dock, one foot in the boat analogy i uh i think of what the scriptures say about someone who's double-minded right? yeah that's right unstable in all he does and that's a great picture of instability <laughs> standing with one <laughs> foot in the boat and one foot on the dog so and i and i agree with everything you just said i think um you know the so what is to at least read this be be influenced by it be influenced by the teaching on it and to have the intent to live totally surrendered to the will of God. It doesn't mean that we'll always do it perfectly, as you said, but at least to commit to the intent that it's our intent to follow uh, no matter what. And um, I wanted to read this passage uh, as an encouragement to everybody from Romans 5 about the reason that we suffer. Romans 5, 3 to 5. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because god's love has been poured into our hearts through the holy spirit who has been given to us so kind of the antithesis there to what you read earlier in the week about well not the antithesis but similar to what you read earlier in the week about about what our actions and our words and our thoughts produce so right anyway hope you'll uh take that to heart as you're listening and, and maybe meditate on that passage that was romans 5 three to five about what suffering produces. Anyway, we're wrapping up here on SWAT Radio. So glad that you've been with us. David Gray and Craig Henderson, have, uh, we've been glad to be here with you. And um, We will be on on Monday one way or the other. Don't know if Doug will be back, but we hope you'll tune in next week and have a great weekend. If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening